Hey guys, if you live in the Midwest, we wanted to make sure that you know about our Indiana Awakening Weekend. It's going to be April 21st through 23rd. We're going to have Jeremiah Johnson and Benjamin Dietrich here at our Father's house in Avon, Indiana. It is going to be an incredible time. We are seeing the Lord move in powerful, powerful ways. You do not want to miss what the Spirit is doing right now. We would love to see you there. If you want more information about it, you can head over to ourfathershouse.com and all the info you need is there. What's going on, y'all? Welcome to Bible Revival Podcast with Paul and Taylor Johnson. We're so excited to share our hearts with you today and continue another episode. So blessed by what the Lord is doing through this podcast. It's been a fun and amazing journey thus far. Thank you so much to everyone who's given feedback or ratings or even texted or called us. Um, So encouraging to hear how the Lord is using uh, what God is doing in our lives and lessons that we've learned uh, to bless other people. Yeah, so today we want to talk about just the season that the Lord has us in right now. I have um, lovingly named this season the Holy Hijacking, Mm -hmm. and um, we have to back up a little bit. Obviously, there's so much backstory, but we have to start somewhere. So we're going to start in October. Our church here in Indiana is called Our Father's House, and in October, we decided to do something that we called the reset and what we did in the reset is that we suspended corporate meetings Mm -hmm. for three weekends um all corporate meetings were suspended we obviously didn't keep people from getting together on their own but the church was not providing that and we were telling people we are um just going after church culture and we want people to really get their own oil and it was like when we come back from this reset, we are seeking the face of God. Like yes. we are not going to get sucked in to quote unquote American Christianity, um, all these things. So we have these three weeks where we're not meeting corporately and um, detoxing from church culture, seeking the face of God. In that time, um, Paul and I traveled a couple different places, Mm -hmm. but the last place we went was to North Georgia to a pastors and leaders conference with our leadership team here at our father's house. It was incredible, and the Lord moved mightily in both of our hearts, but this specifically is really where the holy hijacking began. Yeah, I would say it's where it intensified for sure. True. We, we were true, on true, a true, wild true, true. ride and we You're knew right. it. Yeah. And I think mm-hmm. that it really, things picked up there in Georgia. Um, I, I just want to launch from Jesus's words in John 3, where Nicodemus goes to meet with him and ask him questions and try to understand his ministry. And Jesus tells Nicodemus in John 3, 3, that unless you're born again, you can't see the kingdom of God. And then he follows that up a few verses later by telling him that unless you're born of water and the spirit, you can't enter the kingdom of God. And then in verse 8, of John 3, he makes this really interesting uh, statement. He says, the wind blows where it wishes and you hear the sound of it, but you do not know where it comes from and where it's going. So is everyone who is born of the Spirit. So when we live a Spirit-filled life and we're born of the Spirit, 
we are like the wind, Jesus is saying, that it blows where it wishes. You don't really know where it's going. I mean, this doesn't mean that we're flighty and unaccountable. It means that God has the right Mm -hmm. as our Lord, as our leader, as our Father to direct and redirect us and to shift and change and shake things up. I know Mm -hmm. that we experienced uh, a crazy season in 2015 and 2016 when we moved from Mm-hmm. Lakeland, Florida to Indianapolis, Indiana. Mm-hmm. And that was a hijacking of our lives. We yes. got blown <laughs> by the wind of God and replanted and reestablished somewhere else. So um, this is in no way to announce that we're moving, but just to, to <laughs> you know, got to assuage people's fears and everyone's moving. scared. Yeah. Don't worry. Yeah. But um, no, the wind blows where it wishes. And so um, this is uh, just what God was doing in our hearts. So we're, we're in Georgia and it was the last day of the conference. And, um, I went forward to the altar and the presence of God overwhelmed me. And I really uh, was moved deeply to repentance over the stubbornness of my own heart. Mm -hmm. And while I am weeping down front, I felt like the Lord said to me, Paul, you have fought me at every turn and transition of your life, and I want you to stop it. Mm. And I felt deeply gripped by my sin. I felt sorrowful and remorseful for what a hard time I have um, so frequently given the Lord about doing his will. I realized that my yes to the Lord was actually um, probably more like a maybe or even the fear of, God, if I give you my yes, what are you going to do with it? And the Lord was asking me in that moment, give me your yes. And I want you to give me your yes with delight in your heart. I want you to delight to do my will, Psalm 40. And um, I just felt sorrowful. I felt... um, you know, deeply grieved that I had quenched the spirit in this way. And I was now more aware of it than ever. And, um, while I'm weeping, while I'm crying, while I'm repenting to the Lord, I mean, really feeling sorrowful over the, the stubborn, callous state of my heart. I then heard the Lord say to me, invitations are coming Mm. and I want you to say yes. As a part of saying yes to me, I want you to say yes to these things. And so um, I didn't tell anybody that. Um, Honestly, I didn't really have time to Mm -hmm. tell anybody that because I went to the back of uh, the auditorium there, wept some more so that I could be more alone. And then uh, finally, when I felt like I kind of boo-hooed and got it all out (laughs) and um, had, had was starting to just begin to process what I felt like the Holy Spirit was speaking to me. We were walking out in the parking lot. I'm holding Taylor's hand. We're on our way. We're leaving the conference. It's over. This is yeah. the last session. And we're getting in the car to leave and go home. Which you had just barely shared with me. You said the only thing you had shared with me is the Lord um, confronted me about not giving him my full yes and that I resist him at every transition and turn and he asked for my yes. That's about all you got out. Yeah. And then And then we're walking through the parking lot and this car like pulls up kind of in front of us, goes past us, 
and you know like like what in the world they throw the car in park this is like in the parking lot in the main like like driveway to get out <laughs> of this big parking lot and they throw the car in park this guy hops out who we've never seen before and says hey oh, my, my name is uh, uh todd hill and uh you know i i it starts talking he says i, I want to invite you to come and share at our church you know uh, they had planted a church in kentucky and I, I want you to come and i mean i'm like standing there like what this cannot be this real. is like within a half an hour of the lord saying invitations are coming and i want you to say yes and so honestly i can say that i received that moment from the Lord, knew it was God, had less resistance to it than Mm -hmm. I normally would have because I don't really care to travel. I feel like there's a lot of hype and exaggeration in modern ministry culture. There's a lot of people quite literally that are giving their blood, sweat, and tears to build their own following. And I just don't subscribe to any of that. Mm -hmm. I just want to be faithful, serve the Lord, honor Him. But uh, I felt like I hadn't given God my yes. And so I, I give Him my yes. This brother hops out of the car, says, I need you to come and share. And, um, you know, he was in specific wanting my teachings about kingdom culture and church culture and the contradistinction between those things and, and really the contrast of what kingdom culture really is and how it manifests and how church culture is the counterfeit um, that so many people experience. And so... Um, Real quick, if yeah. you are like, what is he even talking about? <laughs> Little plug, you can go to his website at paultjohnson.org and there is a chart there under resources that gives very clearly the difference between church culture and kingdom culture. If you're like, what are you even talking about? That will help you. Yeah. So that happens and we exchange contact information and we end up talking a few days later and and connect. And um, that really got the ball rolling for us and things moving at an accelerated pace. I feel like in some ways we both died a a fresh death, a new death with Mm -hmm. Christ, um, you know, through the reset in October that set us up for a level of deeper surrender. Mm -hmm. You know, everybody thinks they're surrendered. You know, we we think we're, we're totally dead and we're just going to give God our all. And then the Lord begins Mm -hmm. to ask for what's more precious and Mm -hmm. more, you know, I, I think the crucifixion of our will is really deeply, deeply important that when we pray, not my will, but your will be done, we're, we're not actually lying mm-hmm. to ourselves and mm-hmm. to the Lord. And so that started this process and um, moved us into really a new season that's mm-hmm. been unfolding even to this these present moments, yeah. you know, six six or so months later. Yeah. So in the same um, weekend, the Lord really um, dealt with my heart and helped me to get in my lane. Um, we've said this before, but obviously Paul and I um, planted our father's house out of our living room. So for a long time, it's been me and him doing it all, yeah. wearing all the hats, doing all the things. And I felt like the Lord asked me for a season to 
um, like step away from staff meeting and step away from some different things. And uh, it was like not on my radar to do it all. And more than anything, I felt like I was like quitting on Paul and felt like I was letting Paul down. And um, I'm not going to get into the whole history of our father's house, but I mean, it has been, it's been a yeah. hard road. Yeah. Um, we've had a lot of a lot of hurt, a lot of heartache, yeah. several people quit. Just, um, yeah. I think really a lot the, of tears, a lot of tears. The enemy has been after this place since before it was even born, yeah. um, for sure. So I realized I had made a vow in my heart, um, that I would never quit on Paul like so many others had. And then I felt like the Lord was asking me to, and I felt this tension in my soul of, I'm either going to let I'm either going to disobey the Lord or um, disappoint Paul, which the reality of that was it wasn't true at all. When Mm -hmm. I shared with Paul, he was like, I think that's great. That's wonderful. Like we need to be obedient to the Lord. So um, my life shifted a lot. Yeah, you were blown by the wind. Yeah, Yeah. a lot, a lot. Um, So for several months, I wasn't in staff meeting we were just getting some things off my plate that really didn't need to be we hired some new staff we have elders in training and all of those things are so 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 wonderful but also just so much transition and so much like wait now so who whose role is this who does this who does what and um just so much changing there's had to be so much just released to the lord and trusting that he knows what he's doing he's going to get it all done and So we have the reset and we come back and we have a lot of really, really necessary foundational teaching at our father's house. Um, Fivefold ministry. Yeah, fivefold ministry and the function of um, each ministry and that we need every ministry, not Mm -hmm. just Mm -hmm. one. (laughs) And we're missing out on the fullness of Jesus if we only hear from one person teaching all the time and We're getting all this great teaching, we're worshiping, we're believing the Lord, but really, I don't think our reset that we had in October was realized until February, which we've shared on the podcast before, but just in case you didn't hear it, the Lord really just, there was a disruption of the presence of God on February 12th, and since then we've been meeting on Sunday nights and pursuing the Lord and believing the Lord for an awakening in Indiana. We had... Um, one week where we had like five meetings, yep. evening meetings, and yep. um, several of them went till two and three in the morning. And I mean, there were still a lot of people there at two and three in the morning on a Wednesday night in the middle of the week. Like the Holy Spirit was doing powerful things. We've seen physical healings and deliverances and salvations and um, just some unbelievable things. And we continue to meet on Sunday nights just to plow and ask the Lord for breakthrough in Indiana and that he would pour out his spirit on a dry and thirsty land. Um, But in all of this, it's like literally (laughs) you put our life in a bucket, shook it up and threw it up in the air. And it's like, oh, okay, like everything's yeah. changing. Where did everything Where's go? everything going? Yep. Where's it all going to land? Like, I don't even know what's happening. Um, yes. But this is, it's been a major season of like walking with the Lord day by day by day. Because it can definitely be super overwhelming. But it's yes. like, what is the Lord asking of me? And that's what I need to do. I definitely struggle with people pleasing and I am very aware that that is a sin 
Uh, because I think we throw around people pleasing like it's like, oh, yeah, you know, I'm a recovering people pleaser. I'm a recovering perfectionist. We see all these things. But like it is sin because I actually if I'm living to please people, then they are above the Lord in my heart. This is a big deal. It doesn't need to be thrown around like it's not. So in this season, there's been a lot of, you know, we've had the shepherding roles at church, at our church and pastoral roles. And I feel like the Lord is shifting us out of that. And he's establishing elders and elders, wives, and a beautiful leadership team and deacons who are so qualified and so ready and hungry and willing to shepherd the flock. And so me asking the Lord, like, what are you asking of me? Are you asking me to, you know, disciple this person are you asking me to disciple my kids are you asking me you know and just having to be obedient to what the lord is saying to me and not be worried about disappointing people because the reality is is that people pleasing is a never-ending cycle that you cannot win right if i am pleasing my uh, paul then i am probably not pleasing my mom if i'm pleasing my mom i'm probably not pleasing my best friend if i'm pleasing my best like you're always going to be letting someone down because it's impossible to please everyone but the freeing thing is the lord didn't ask you to <laughs> he didn't ask you to please everyone around you he asked you to please him and when we put him on the throne of our hearts Our lives are so much more peaceful because we're not looking for the approval of man. We, I live in the knowing that I have the approval of the father. Yes. So I live my life in peace, knowing that in this season, the father has asked me to tend to his little lambs, my David and my Daniel, and to shepherd their hearts. And there are very specific things he's asked me to our father's house. He's asked me to support Paul. You know, I have these specific things that I've asked the Lord, and those are my top priority, and everything else comes after that because I, number one, am going to be obedient to the Lord and what he's asking me in every season. Yes, that's so good. Yeah, I think that Galatians 1.10 really bears out the contrast between people pleasing and and <clears throat> pleasing the lord that mm-hmm. paul explicitly writes and says that if he were still trying to please men he would not be <laughs> a servant of christ yeah. and interestingly enough the verses behind that um verses six through nine he's talking about um following another gospel wow. and um you know why why do you have to uh be so determined to do the will of God because if you're given to people pleasing and catering to people um, you're not actually going to do his will because if you serve the Lord and you determine to do his will you will upset people you will offend people people will hate you slander you Mm -hmm. gossip about you they might even kill you and so a deep determination to do the will of God no matter the cost, no matter the price, is is the place that the Lord is trying to bring all of mm-hmm. his sons and daughters. Yeah, amen. And I think, so how would you flesh that out? Because I know we have some pastors and leaders who listen to this, and I think there's a like, okay, we want more of the Holy Spirit in our church services, but what does that even mean? From my perspective, I believe that most of the time what keeps us from allowing the Holy Spirit to do what he wants to do in the service is the fear of what people are going to think and wanting to please people. What do you think? Yeah, I agree completely. And I think it's the reason why our church services, our public meetings are structured the way that they are is if we would just confess and repent that we've been hosting people Mm -hmm. instead of hosting God, 
I think everything would shift. Mm-hmm. If we would get determined to become a holy habitation, a spiritual house for the Lord to dwell, for His Spirit to move, if we would take our eyes off of people. I mean, y'all, there are some people, they can't even raise their hands in worship because mm-hmm. they're worried about what someone else thinks mm-hmm. about them. I'm mm-hmm. like, you, your freedom in the Holy Spirit is being blocked. Mm-hmm. You expressing your love for God, your affection for Jesus is hindered by what the person next to you thinks. I mean, literally in that moment, what that person thinks about you is bigger than what Jesus did for you on the cross. It's those kinds of um, encounters and ultimately God leading us to repentance that brings so much healing Mm -hmm. and so much transformation and sets us free. So maybe we could do uh, another episode next week about some of this, how to flesh out, you know, Holy Spirit things in life Mm -hmm. and in the church. I know we've talked recently about that and Mm -hmm. host the Holy Ghost and all that good stuff. But, um, yeah, I just want to encourage anyone listening um, to follow the Lord, to be obedient. Um, you know, God speaks to us, I would say, primarily through three avenues. He speaks to us through His Word, through His Spirit, and through His people. Mm-hmm. And so I think um, reading the Word, consuming Scripture is the primary revelation uh, avenue that we have. And then He speaks to us by the Spirit and what He speaks to us in our hearts, what we hear by the Holy Spirit living inside of us must line up with the Word of God. It can't violate the revealed character and nature of God and Scripture. And then He also speaks to us through His people. And so, um, you know, this is where uh, being a accountable, having uh, people not that hear the Lord for you, but they hear God with you Mm -hmm. and they help uh, to be riverbanks for you so that you don't get uh, led off into deception or following your own feelings. Um, I I would just encourage you practically with those three things to stay in the word, make time in prayer just to listen for the voice of the Lord, and then submit what you believe God is saying to you to other people. You know, Mm -hmm. that's a, a habit and a practice for me and Taylor. Mm-hmm. We submit what the Lord is saying to one another, to other leaders in our lives, to fathers and mothers, etc., where everybody needs accountability. And I just want to expose the lie that the more responsibility you have in the kingdom, the more mature you are, the less accountability you need. Right. Actually, you need more because mm-hmm. when you start carrying more weight and bigger burdens, um, when your fall would please the devil more because you're gaining influence or Mm -hmm. responsibility or those things, um, then we need more accountability to keep us in the fold because none of us are above compromise. None of us are above, especially in this day and age where you're literally one click away Mm -hmm. on the internet from destroying your soul, from Mm -hmm. trashing your life and maybe never coming back. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, so we need to be on guard, guard our hearts and continue to be faithful and and serve the Lord with a full heart. Yeah, amen. We love you guys. Thank you for listening. Uh, Please remember to like and rate if you haven't already and uh, share this podcast. Send it to someone who might be blessed. Maybe you know somebody who's in the midst of a holy hijacking (laughs) and they need to be encouraged that they're not alone. Maybe you're going through it. Hey, hold on to the Lord. God is with you. The Father is always up to something good, even if we don't understand it. Yeah, so good.